1490 KOVC Valley City. Now on 96.3 FM. The following broadcast is a live production of i3G Media. We welcome you to another edition of Super Sports Saturday here on KDAK, KOVC, KDAK, and ESPN Jamestown. Here comes Devin Hoffman. Is Brister in the goal? Devin Hoffman on a great pass from Tommy Falk. Throws it forward. Joe Hurlbert rises up and throws down the hammer. Flexes on the defense as well. <laughs> oh. Jordan sets up, taking a deep ball shot to Williams, and he leaps up and makes the catch. Touchdown. Goes it out. Here's Nelson for the steal. He's all alone. He's going for the slam. Seth Nelson, the steal and the slam. And Yackley swings and drives one to right center field. Back to the track, to the wall, and it's gone. Each Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to 1230, our host Paul McDonald breaks down the latest in North Dakota sports. We send it live to the host of Super Sports Saturday. Here's Paul McDonald. And a pleasant good afternoon to you. Welcome. We are live and direct from Big Cat Stadium here in Morris, Minnesota. We're coming up. In oh, about uh, six, seven hours, we're going to have uh, college football here for you on KOVC. And we've got uh, earlier college football on ESPN Jamestown with the University of Jamestown and Hastings. More on that coming up a little bit later on in the program. But here in Morris Valley City State University Vikings, one and one on the season, heading into the bye week next week. They'll be taking on the University of Minnesota Morris more on that as we'll be chatting with head coach Dennis McCullough coming up in our Super Sports Saturday program. Lots to tell you about on today's show. And we're going to start things off with the scoreboard from high school football from last night. And here's what went on across the state in high school football. Beach uh, winners over South Porter, 44-18 in AA. Beulah, the number four team in the state, they were winners over Wapiton, 42 to 14. Bismarck High defeated Williston 28-14. Bowman County over Kildare 33-7. Cavalier number two in Class A. They were winners against North Prairie 50 to 14. Also Deluxe Burlington over Ken Mayer 28-7. Devils Lake. They blanked Watford City 42-0. In AAA Fargo Davies over Central 48-0. Fargo South over Fargo Shanley handing the Deacons their first loss 26-23. Finley Sharon Hope Page over Mayport CG 34-14. Grafton blanked Botano 18 nothing. It was Harvey Wells County doubling up Carrington 12 to 6. We'll hear from Coach Kyle Smith of the Carrington Cardinals coming up a little later on on today's show. Hatton Northwood and our game of the week that was on Thunder Country last night came from behind defeated Edgley uh, Ellendale Edgley Column 28 to 26 in one versus two in Class AA Hillsboro Central Valley number one they defeated number two Bismarck St Mary's by final. Of 20 to 7. Jamestown, and we'll hear more on this game coming up a little bit later on in the show. They were winners over Dickinson at Ernie Gates Field yesterday, 22 to 21. Elsewhere, Kidder County, the feeling Napoleon Gackle Streeter, 50 to nothing. Kindred over Hazen, 36 7. Valley City, the Highliners who were off last night, they head to Hazen next week. We'll have more on that when we talk with Coach Scott Rorick a little later in the show. Lamore Littrell Marion stays undefeated. They blanked Wymere Lidgewood last night, 32 to nothing. Landon Edmore Munich, the number one team in Class A. They defeated Rugby 40 to six. Lisbon winners over Northern Cass, 40 to nothing. And coming up on the program, we'll hear from Coach Joe Girding 
Mandan over Minot, 18-14. Maple Valley Enderlin, their second win in a row. They were winners over Richland, 35 to nothing. Milner North Sargent, they were winners over Oak Grove by a final of 30-6. And Oaks, in a game that I was talking about yesterday, a battle of the number two team in Class A, Oaks, the number five team in Class A, Thompson, and two teams that were nine-man last year. Of course, Thompson were the state champions last year in nine-man football, and they actually defeated Oaks in the quarterfinals to move on to the Fargo Dome. Well, last night, Oaks got the revenge, 37 to 14 Oaks winners over Thompson last evening. Shiloh Christian over Southern McLean 40 to 8. It was Tri-State 52, Griggs County Central Mid-Dakota 18, and also in AAA West Fargo, blank Fargo North by final of 34 to nothing. And that's a look at the football scoreboard from last night. There were some volleyball matches last evening as well. And in Class AA or Class A, pardon me, Bismarck Century, they swept Watford City. 25-12, 25-15, 25-15. Jamestown, they went 3-0 over Dickinson, 25-20, 25-17, 25-16. And Mandan over Williston, 25-10, 25-22, So that is a look at what went on in high school sports last night. One tennis score to tell you about as well. Yesterday, Valley City Highlanders, they were winners over Mandan, 4-1. And we'll hear from Coach Matt Nielsen coming up also a little later on in the program. Also coming up in today's show, normally I chat with Steve Lensmar, the voice of the Jimmies, and uh, talk uh, UJ uh, football. We'll have a conversation he had with Coach Brian Mistro coming up in a bit, but uh, we'll have a special guest coming up in uh, place of Mr. Lensmar, who's down in Hastings, Nebraska, getting ready for UJ taking on Hastings in GPAC football, which will come up immediately following the show here today. And speaking of following the show here today on KOVC 1490 AM, we will have the Twins at 12.30. Well, the Twins, of course, washed out last night. They have a day-night doubleheader today. We'll have the first game of that doubleheader, the first pitch at 12.10. So we'll join them uh, in progress, probably about the second inning, I'm guessing, uh, for bottom the first, top of the second, at around 12.30 at the conclusion of Super Sports Saturday. We will go in to Twins Baseball on 1490 AM KOVC. We'll take a break. We'll come back uh, with uh, more Super Sports Saturday. Have that uh, special guest uh, joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. Also coming up on the program, we're going to be hearing from Coach Bill Nelson and hear some of the highlights of last night's Jamestown win against Dickinson. Also we'll hear from Scott Rorick from the Valley City Highliners. We'll talk to Joe Gerding from the Lisbon Broncos and Kyle Smith from the Carrington Cardinals, all coming up on this edition of uh, Super Sports Saturday. We're back with more live from Morris and Big Cat Stadium here on Super Sports Saturday. The biggest adventures start with the biggest dreams, and you can make them come true with the 2019 Honda Pioneer 1000. It's a Sports A 999cc engine, a six-speed automatic dual-clutch transmission, and an impressive 2,000-pound towing capacity, which means you can do it all, hunting, fishing, trail riding, and more. Just head to Gun & Real Sports on 1st Street West Jamestown and check out the Honda Pioneer 1000 today. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection, always wear your seatbelts and keep the side nets and doors closed. Pioneers are for drivers 16 years and older. 
Check out the new daily specials at Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, your locally owned pharmacy. Every Monday is Memory Mondays, 20% off scrapbooking and picture frames. Tuesday is two for Tuesday, buy one, get one free on all Health Mart products. Wednesday is Whimsical Wednesday, 20% off home decor. Thursday is Toy Thursday, 20% off all toys. Friday is Fabric Friday, 20% off all crafts. And Saturday is Serious Saving Saturday with a discount drawing at time of purchase. Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, downtown Valley City. Health Mart, caring for you and a about you. The long winter has made busy bees out of us to get our yards ready. How many projects are on your yard's to-do list? Keep Sherbinsky Inc. on speed dial. Their screen black dirt can help you patch up and level out your yard or add to that beautiful flower bed you're designing. With a wide variety of sand and rock, you can landscape your heart's desire or your wife's. And gardeners, pay attention. Sherbinsky has manure, nature's fertilizer, to help give your garden that something extra for delicious yields. Sherbinsky Inc. 252-2652. Paying your energy bill the old-fashioned way takes a lot of steps, including all those steps to the mailbox. ePay from Ottertail Power Company is an easier way to manage your account anytime, anywhere, even from your mobile phone. It's free. It's easy. Take the first step. Enroll at otpco.com slash ePay. Ottertail Power Company. On for you. Welcome to Unison Bank. I'm happy to help you with any kind of transaction today. Whether you're depositing money you got from selling your car or a jar full of change you got from inside your couch cushions. No matter the financial need, I can help because I've been helping you and all our customers for years. We are Unison and you can be too at unisonbank.com. Go ahead at Unison Bank, member FDIC. Donald back with you here at Big Cat Stadium, Morris, Minnesota, as I think our new theme song for the show should be On the Road Again by Willie Nelson. We uh, seem to be doing this uh, program a lot on the road. This week we're in Minnesota, last week we're in Iowa, so uh, hey, you have a football field, we'll come and we'll do the show from it. That's uh, kind of the motto here on Super Sports Saturday. And joined now by our special guest again, usually at the top of the show, we talk with Steve Lensmeyer. He's getting ready for a game today in Hastings, Nebraska, as University of Jamestown getting ready to take on Hastings. That is a 12-30 uh, pregame, 1 o'clock kickoff on ESPN Jamestown. And I have the pleasure of being uh, joined by uh, Brett Miller. He is the voice of the University of Minnesota Morris Cougar football team. Good afternoon. Well, it's still morning here, isn't it? Yeah. Good morning. How you Good doing? Good morning and soon to be afternoon. How are you doing, <laughs> PMAC? I'm doing outstanding. I tell you, I think both of us, we've both been going since about 5 o'clock this morning. So uh, Yeah, <laughs> running on fumes right now. But it is... College football season. I mean, it you, is. It's fun. It feels like it out there right now today too. The sun is starting to come out, and a few clouds out there. A little bit of a breeze, but it, it feels like a fall morning, ready for some football. Fall morning. That's going to turn into a fall night. Five thirty uh, kickoff tonight, uh, or pregame. Uh, Six o'clock kickoff tonight here at Big Cat Stadium. And when I was driving in, I was thinking of back the very first game played here on Big Cat. 
was uh, this is the 15th season of Big Cat Stadium because 2005 was when they started, but it was against uh, Lawrence University out of Appleton, Wisconsin, and it was the Thursday night game, and that was the first game played here on uh, Big Cat Stadium. Uh, Thursday for our night football, huh? They did a little Thursday night football back there. I think uh, I think Coach Hickman wanted to hurry up and get to the duck blinds on the weekend. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, they, uh, they, me. they had a Thursday night game. But now let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, football and what's going on this year, the Cougars. Now here's something, too, um, that uh, I'd like that we can chat about. And uh, these two teams used to play a lot uh, back in the uh, 90s uh, and 80s. The last time they played was 2001 at the Fargo Dome. They broke off. But now they can get that rivalry back. Uh, kind of a nice thing, too, because it's only a two-and-a-half-hour drive for Valley City fans to come here and vice versa. Morris fans, you made the trek last year yep. to Valley City State. So uh, kind of kind of a nice uh, uh, regional matchup that uh, these two schools can have. It really is, and as you said, they have uh, a history, so that makes it fun. And not too far of a drive, but yeah, and there is a gap there where they didn't play each other, and now they're back playing each other, at least for last year and this year. And it's funny, last year we went to uh, Valley City for my halftime show. I always have a trivia question, and I had to look back in the books, and I found when they played at the Fargo Dome, and I said, that was my trivia question, who led the team in tackles that day? Well, it's current Cougar head coach Marty Hoffman. The person who called in and answered the trivia, his wife Lacey. <laughs> and she had more knowledge of it than I did. <laughs> I only had the name and the number of tackles, and she had the date and the time of the kickoff and everything, what they ate for breakfast that day. And, uh, yeah, so she won our prize. But, yeah, I went down after the game and talked to Marty, and I go, you were the answer to our trivia. Guess who answered it? And he goes, oh, it's got to be Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. She knows that much about her husband. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, this, uh, and, of course, Marty, when he graduated, uh, the uh, career tackle leader, uh, when he graduated, yeah. I think uh, Cody Hickman, I think, eventually uh, broke it. Uh, but uh, Marty was the, the, the career tackle leader when he uh, graduated back in 2000. I want to say five, four or five is uh, when he graduated from uh, UMM. But uh, and that was I remember that game. I was there. I, I was doing that game for uh, KKOK, and I think it was a 43-14 victory for uh, Valley City State. It was one of those. Well, let's meet halfway. We'll yeah. come an hour. You guys come two hours. So it's not really halfway for us, but but you come uh, a couple hours, and uh, we'll play at the Fargo Dome. And I think they had done that a couple of times. I know that UMM used to play Concordia, and they played that in the Fargo Dome back in the uh, in the early 2000s. But this is a, a good rivalry. And and you and I were talking this morning on your pregame show. Uh, NEI and the NCAA Division Two, which the Cougars are, are or the Cougars are Division Three, pardon me, but the Division Two, that's kind of fairly similar programs. Yeah, they are, and um, you know, it's fun for the Cougars to get a chance to take on an NAIA program too. I asked Marty in our pregame chat, you know, could this be considered a measuring stick game? And he goes, sure, it can, because you know they're at a little bit higher level than us, and we do have the history, so. And he also talked about, but it's also a game where it's non-conference. Obviously, it's football. You want to win. It's sports. You always obviously want to win. But it's non-conference in the grand scheme of things. This is just a backyard brawl out here. It doesn't have any effect on the standings. So you might be a little more prone to try out some new things, maybe a trick play here or there, or do something you might not usually do in a conference game. And that kind of adds an extra element of excitement between the Vikings and the Cougars today. Well, now uh, let's talk about the Cougar football team. This is game number two of the season. Uh, they actually played, boy, in, in 15 years, they still haven't gotten rid of that. That, that <laughs> thing still goes off during that. But uh, they, uh, last week they lost UW River Falls. And a little trivia question, Steve Lensmeyer, that is his alma mater. So uh, he, he, he graduated from U, U, UWR. 
But against uh, the Falcons last week, uh, 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 Brett, what's what was kind of the the focal point in this game last week? Well, to put it simply, I think the Cougars got outmuscled. I think the Falcons were a little bit stronger and a little bit more aggressive out there. They had some bigger guys than the Cougars have on the field. Uh, they come out of the WIAC conference. It's one of the better conferences in all of D3 football, and, and this is a team that actually finished near the bottom of the WIAC a year ago. But you can see the difference. I mean, these are some bigger guys out on the field. And yeah, they just pushed them around. Uh, Justin Maslowski, probably the best athlete on the Cougars' offensive side of the ball, and he just didn't have time. They couldn't get much going in the running game because there weren't much for running lanes to get hit. Uh, Maslowski would drop back. Cougars have a nice core of receivers. They don't have one or two. They've got about four solid receivers. I don't think they have any superstars. But they have a good core. Maslowski can deliver the ball. He can scramble. He didn't have any of that because he would drop back, and there's two white jerseys, three white jerseys all over him. So I think uh, the trenches, the line of scrimmage, that battle was definitely won by the Falcons, and that dictated how the game went. And that's going to be an interesting battle in this game today, as we'll hear from Coach Mack in, in our pregame. Uh, the 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 Vikings have seen two athletic quarterbacks in Jordan Mann from the University of Jamestown and Tyson Coima from Northwestern College last week. They're going to see a third one this week uh, from uh, from Justin Underwood, uh, Rocket, if memory serves. Yep. Ran the triple option oh, yeah. when he was high school and and now uh, working here at now a senior too. If, yeah. Uh, third year starter. Third year starter and, and team captain. So now they're going to see another athletic quarterback. And you talk about the trenches. The Vikings have that young defensive line that is growing, maturing. So this is going to be a, that I think is going to be an interesting matchup to watch all these two uh, lines, a D line, offensive line on both sides work today. And the Cougars, this has been a focal point for years now for them to beef up that offense line. A couple of years ago, they had a guy by the name of Nathan Galen. He graduated last year, went down as the program leader in tackles for loss, blocked kicks. He was actually number one in the nation in blocked kicks a year ago. He had to flip over and play offensive line because they were so thin that uh, they needed some of the defensive linemen to jump in there and play O-line for them. And that was a focal point in the recruiting. And Marty did a nice job of that and his staff getting a lot of offensive linemen. That being said, that's freshman too. And that's a tough spot to step in as a freshman and uh, really impact the game. But that's uh, been a focal point for the Cougars for a while is beef up that offensive line. Now, first and foremost, you got to get depth. So they're starting to get that. And then once you get the depth, then you can start to kind of take a look at the pure athleticism, who's best and everything like that. But I don't think they're there quite yet. And that's why, like you were saying, it is going to be interesting tonight. you got a couple of young lines going at it and Let's see what happens. Of course, uh, the D-line for uh, the Cougars going up against arguably one of the best backs in the country. And uh, Louis Keown, as a matter of fact, leads the nation in rushing going into today, averaging 218 yards in his first two games and leads the nation in all-purpose yardage. So linebackers, is that a key uh, on the defensive side for UMM? I actually think the linebacking core is the strength of the defense. They have four good ones. They have guys that can move around quite a bit. Uh, Drew Shipley has been a starter since he was a freshman. He's actually an all-conference uh, linebacker, all-conference punter as well. And he's an athlete, and it kind of determined the depends on Marty's game plan. I have seen him use a different linebacker for different games where they funnel the carrier to this one guy. Everyone else, you know, fill, you know, shed blockers, get things like that, and then the running back is kind of pushed towards one guy. You might see one linebacker out of tonight's game with 14 tackles. And the other guys might have two or three, but that is by design. Any one of those four linebackers could be the guy tonight for the Cougars. 
They also have their outside linebackers can drop back in coverage, which helps out a lot as well, obviously, against uh, the Vikings passing mm -hmm. game, which last year gouged them pretty good. And you uh, talk about tackles. Uh, D-back for uh, the Cougars had a good game uh, last week, but it wasn't by design. No, uh, Connor Oldenburg, the safety, had 14 tackles, 12 of those solo. You're looking at that going, that's a solid game. And I asked Marty, you know, be honest with me now. <laughs> Was that by design? Did he come up and play that role of Harrison Smith and snuff out the runs and things like that? Or were the running backs getting to that second and third level? And Marty said he did have a good game. Unfortunately, most of those tackles are because the running back got to the second and third level. He had to clean up. He goes, now, glass half full, he cleaned up. He made the tackle. They didn't bust off any huge run plays, but you'd rather not see him get to that point. Well, now let's look at the, the UMAC. Now, I saw the schedule and lucky you, only one trip to Illinois. The rest of your trips are uh, pretty uh, pretty simple. It's a flip-flop from last year yeah. where you had six road games and four games here at Big Cat. Now it's six and four home games to, to road games. Those can be long, grueling trips. And Matt, back the trip with Greenville, I think that's the last game of the regular season. It is. It is. That's a very long. That's about a 13-hour bus drive. And uh, the only other overnight would be to Iowa Wesleyan, and that's about a six-hour drive. So that's not... As bad. But, yeah, last year we had six on the road, four at home. This year we get six at home, four on the road. And uh, like we were just saying, only two overnights. So that's nice. And it does, too. I always wonder about the players because we're broadcasters. Yeah. Last year we were down in Missouri, Westminster. Get off the bus, and I'm sitting there going, boy, my legs are tired. I feel jet-lagged, and I don't have to play football tomorrow, you know? But So I always feel for the players on that front, but – yeah, it is nice. Six games here at Big Cat. And I notice each year we're getting more and more night games. We uh, started out just one of them, then two of them. This year I think we have three or four of them. Okay. And, you know, and night football, it's kind of cool watching uh, night football here at Big Cat. and well, Wherever you play, you know, as the Viking fans, we were a night game last year when uh, the Cougars came for yep. Ag Bowl 1. Uh, and then, of course, they beat UJ in Ag Bowl 2 this year. That, that night college football, I know some people say, you know, college football is supposed to be Saturday afternoon. But there's something to be said early in the season, especially when the weather's still nice. People may be at the lake, uh, have things going on for the weekend. Hey, have your night game. You can uh, go do something during the day, then come and watch uh, football at night. You know, it's it's entertainment. If, if you can be outside, everyone wants to be. You don't have to be cooped up inside all day. Uh, we know what's coming, the snow and the cold. <laughs> it's coming. So if it's going to be a nice night underneath the stars and you get a little college football action, I don't know why you wouldn't want to check that out. And then also you have a lot of times college volleyball. The volleyball team may be home during the day, mm -hmm. and I know the Cougar volleyball team had a very good uh, one into the NCAA tournament last year. Pulled an upset when they were there. And uh, went, I think, out into the second round, didn't they? They pulled the upset over Gustavus in the first round. They went five sets in the second round and lost. To, say, to Ben, St. Benedict. St. Ben, yeah. Who they'd beaten earlier in the season. Yes, yep. And uh, so there, there's another thing. You have the afternoon volleyball, and then you come and uh, after that, you walk across the uh, courtyard, if you will, from P.E. State. Oh, now it's Cougar Center. Cougar Center, that's right. It's called right. the Cougar yep. Center, not the P.E. Yep. Center. The renaming uh, to this past winter. It's not the Brett Miller uh, Arena? Not yet. Work on that, will you? I am. I'm, okay. I'm in Matt Johnson's ear every day, so <laughs> give it some time. Get, well, well, that, maybe I'll talk to him, too, a little bit. I'll, I'll put go. in a yeah, good yeah. word for you. Uh, <laughs> lastly, before I let you go, Brett, uh, you look at uh, tonight's matchup, and uh, and we talked about it. It looks like the possibility that uh, Jake Peterson may not be playing the wide receiver. How's the health going for uh, UMM? Did they come out of there fairly healthy? For the most part, yes. I mentioned they are a young team. They've got about 60 strong, and uh, about half that are freshmen, or they do have seven transfers as well. But as for the health, 
Uh, it's interesting that Peterson's out because last week, the top cornerback for the Cougars, Cole Cavistro, he was out with the same injury, a hamstring injury. I asked Marty about it. Marty told me game time decision. So we have to wait and see right before the game tonight if he's going to play. One that I was disappointed I didn't get to see play last week, a freshman running back by the name of Jalen Salazar. This is a guy I do an off-season report with Marty. We chat once a month, just kind of getting caught up on what's happening around the program. And he talked about this guy multiple times. He said, I'm really excited because I said, you know, how do you get that running game going? We haven't seen it really get going for a couple of years here. Well, and he said, we got a freshman guy who can make some moves. He's a good running back, Jalen Salazar. Well, last week, I'm looking forward to it. He was out with a foot injury. So we might get him back tonight, and I'm hoping to get to see just what he can have, you know, what kind of talent he can put on display for us. But, um, yeah, getting back to the injuries there with Peterson and Cavistro, that could be a good matchup there. It might not even happen. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I, I am intrigued, though, by the uh, secondary versus the Cougar wide receiver matchup, uh, flip-flopping around there a little bit because you mentioned about the speed mm -hmm. that those guys have. Now, if I would sum up the Cougar receiving core, I don't think they have a ton of burners over there, but they've got about four or five guys who can kill you on underneath crossing. They're tough guys, in-traffic type guys, and they got a lot of them. So it'll be interesting to see if they spread it out and use five receiver sets or four receiver sets. And I'm kind of looking forward to that matchup. All right. Well, we'll see what it all transpires tonight. Again, uh, 6 o'clock kickoff here from Big Cat Stadium. And we'll be on there at the pregame at 5.30. Brett, thanks for stopping by. Now, we'll, uh, we'll have to have a little uh, fantasy thing going here and see who buys dinner after the game then. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, draft a team here just prior to kickoff, and whoever loses our fantasy matchup, yeah, tabs on them. All right, good thing I brought the checkbook and the, uh, the credit card. <laughs> it's on the station, right? Well, uh, Anyway, uh, <laughs> Brett, take care. We'll talk to you again. All right, thanks, P-Mac. You bet. That's Brett Millen, voice of the University of Minnesota Morris Cougars, and uh, joining us here on our our. Uh, Super Sports Saturday here on KOVC, KDDR, and ESPN Jamestown. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk back to the high school football and uh, talk about that Jamestown victory last night against Dickinson. This is Super Sports Saturday. This is Tara from RM Stout. RM Stout is your premier Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and we're proud to have served you and your family for the last 77 years. Whether you're in the market for your very first vehicle or are ready to work with us again, we truly appreciate every opportunity to earn your business. See us at the junction of I-94 and Highway 281 South. Call us at 252-2270 or see us online at stoutcars.com. RM Stout for the best value since 1941. Before you can start building business, you have to build a business, you know, a building, a storefront, a facility, new or addition. Problem is, you're too busy taking care of business, you don't have time to meet with a planner, a contractor, and all the suppliers. But if you wait any longer, you're going to start losing business. Well, have you heard about Hillerood Construction? They're in the business of building business. Literally, quality commercial construction. Saves you time, stress, and money so that you can get on with your business. Visit HillerudConstruction.com or call 253-8310 to get the ball rolling. Come home to Oaks Family Pharmacy, where they treat you like family. With great knowledge and customer service, the staff is committed to making your prescription, health, and gift needs as simple as possible. Shingrix and flu vaccines are available. Walk-ins are welcome. This month, Flonay Sensimist is on sale for your seasonal allergies. And check out their new therapeutic compression socks, new Zoom cleaning products, and all your orange and black supplies for homecoming. Visit Oaks Family Pharmacy and experience the quality difference in your care today. 
Have you experienced any of the following? Burning, stinging of the eyes, a gritty, sandy feeling in your eyelids, watery eyes? Well, these are all symptoms of a treatable condition called dry eye. Come to professional eye care centers for an evaluation and let us help you achieve consistent, clear, comfortable vision. Professional eye care centers, where the difference is clear, the difference is care. In Valley City, call 845-5000. Arrowwood Prairie Co-op in Wimbledon, Cooperstown, Carrington, and Sutton is your full-time Senex shop. They offer great service and top-of-the-line products. Arrowwood Prairie Co-op is also your one-stop farm shop with a large convenience store, ag products, and their top-quality trusted mechanic shop. Stop in today to your local Arrowwood Prairie Co-op, where all your needs are met under one roof. Visit Arrowwood Prairie Co-op with locations in Wimbledon, Cooperstown, Carrington, and Sutton. Here on Super Sports Saturday. Again, I want to thank Brett Miller for stopping by, chatting with us here on today's program. Well, now we're going to get into what happened in the high school football last night. We went over the scores, so let's uh, get into some highlights tonight. We'll start off with what went on in Jamestown as uh, the Blue Jays. They were hosting Dickinson in their opening game in West Region in AAA last night. And Dickinson got on the board first, four minutes, into, four minutes left in the first quarter. A 14-yard TD pass, uh, Provis from Landon Amon, and Wardell added the extra point. It was 7-0. But then uh, early on in the second quarter, at 8.55, a quarter number two, it would be the first of two times Tommy Falk and Jacob Hilgeman would connect for a score. From the 34-yard line, first and 10, nine minutes to go. Second quarter, 7-0 Dickinson. Falk to pass. Sets up. Now looks right, looks left. Throwing deep, looking for Hilgeman. He's got him out there, caught. Touchdown, Jamestown. A 35-yard strike to Hilgeman, who got behind the defense and was wide open for the easy six. And that made it a lead for the Jays as they had the uh, tied the game up at seven. And then there was a 7-7 after that touchdown. But then the Dickinson then would come back, and Dickinson actually would march downfield. Looked like they were about ready to get into the end zone for a touchdown. But Amon threw up kind of a, a jump ball, if you will, and Jacob Hilgeman went up and came up with the interception for Jamestown. Well, then on the very first play, they went for it right away off the first snap after the turnover. Snap to Falk. Maybe going for the jugular right off the first play. Going deep for Hilgeman. He's got running room to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jamestown. Well, right after the turnover, they went for the jugular, and they come up with a 75-yard pitch and catch. And the Jays take the lead, 13-7. They got the extra point from Klonknick, and they made it 14-7. But then on the ensuing drive, Dickinson would march downfield, 
And just 38 seconds into the fourth quarter, it would be uh, Navity scoring on a three-yard touchdown run. That made it 14-13. Well, then uh, the uh, Midgets, instead of going for two to try to take the lead, decided to try to kick an extra point and tie the game up. Well, John Mitchell, uh, Brian Mitchell had other ideas. Snap, spot, kick is blocked. It's blocked. I think Mitchell came in there and blocked it for the Jays. Boy, are you mis- prophetic, Mr. Solis. <laughs> you said during the break this is going to come down to an extra point. And it made it 14-13. Well, then uh, Jamestown would come right back, march it downfield, and take about 5 minutes and 22 seconds off the clock. And it was Tommy Folk on fourth down doing it with his legs. It is fourth down and inches. Here comes Tommy Folk. He's got running him to the five. He's got the first down. He's got the touchdown. On a fourth and one from the six, Falk following Saylor, then bounced it to the outside and takes it in. Now, you go for two, you go for one. Well, they talked about it. They took a timeout and talked about it, what they wanted to do, and they said decided they wanted to go for two to try to make it a two-score game. Well, they will go for two. Falk. Has a snap, fakes to Sailor, looking to throw, wide open, Beach, caught, and he got the conversion. Nice catch by Beach, it was a little behind him, but he made the play, and we come back up the field with 5.57 left to go here in the fourth quarter. It's now Jamestown 22, Dickinson 13. Dickinson would go march downfield, actually only needed four plays, and Landon Amon, the quarterback on a quarterback option, went 44 yards for the touchdown to make it a 22 to 19 game. They went for the two-point conversion, got it, made it 22-21. They went for the onside kick. Tommy Falk recovered the onside kick with about 340 remaining in the fourth quarter, and the Jays were able to run the clock out and win it 22-21 over Dickinson. After the game, Bill Nelson came up and chatted with us in the post game. And Coach Bill Nelson joining us up here in the press box. Congratulations, Coach. That was uh, that was a hard-fought victory right hey, there. You know, WDA will take W's any way anyway we can. So I like that little bit of dance you had going on there. With you your like that? Preload, yeah. Well, that was my victory dance right there. <laughs> Gritty performance for these these guys tonight, and we talked about it a little bit here in the post game. After, you know, you lose some of your teammates and the guys that stepped in, boy, they stepped in big tonight. They did, and, you know, they didn't quit. They didn't quit. They didn't quit, you know. And we talked about it all week, and we talked in the pregame about play for the guy next to you, you know. And Jeremy ended up taking the pregame. You know, he won't get to wear a Blue Jay jersey again. But you know what? He's being a tremendous teammate and coaching him up and helping him out and supporting everybody else on the team. And that was a lot of damn fun. It was a little, <laughs> little, little, little tight at the end, but, hey, we'll, we'll take W's anyway. We can get them. So. But two closely matched football teams. So you knew it was going to come down to something, came down to a decision. They tried that screen on the far side, over and, hey, we, and a turnover. We, we pounced on a ball. You know, we preach all the time, balls on the ground. You got to pounce on it. You got to be, you know. And it was one of those where we couldn't really see. Our kids did a great job of being active, getting out in there and jumping on it. And. Obviously, the call went our way. That's huge. And when you get mistakes, you got to capitalize on them. And when you got the turnovers, a couple of them, you got you capitalized and got some points out of these. We did. You know, we, I think we could have probably finished off a couple more drives. But, you know, all in all, it was good. It's good. Old line played better up front. We ran the ball better. We threw the ball. I mean, you know, it's defensively, we can't give up some big plays, but we'll get that iron out and fixed. So it's uh, there's not one, uh, one person going to complain in that locker room. Put the score on the board. 
And it uh, looks like that uh, combination, Falk and Hilgman, is uh, going to be working pretty well for you right now. It did, you know, and uh, kind of challenged Jacob. He got beat on that little slant route and came back and made some big plays. Made some real big plays, so that's what, that's what, that's what good players got to do. And Jacob Shemp picked up where he left off last week. He's a hard little runner. I told you he's the toughest 137-pounder you're going to see, so he runs, he runs hard, runs big, and it, you know, give some credit to the offensive line. They definitely got better tonight, and that's a, that's a good step in the right direction, and we got to take another step next week when we go out to Legacy. Key tonight, too, uh, if I jinx it and something happens, you can send your cards and letters. You got out of here healthy. Yes, sir, we did. So far. <laughs> yes, sir, we did. No, we're good. We're good. We're going to have some bumps and bruises, but that's okay. Hey, I do got to give a shout-out. We had two boys to not be able to be here tonight. Um, <clears throat> Caden Heiner was at home. He had ACL surgery the other day, and team months is up at his house listening, and I'm sure there was a little bit of yelling and hollering going on, so... Give a little shout-out and a little love, and hope we'll get them back on the sidelines with us next week. Again, the Sabres next week. So just uh, back to the drama and get ready for another you game. Bet. Hey, another week. We like the challenge. We like the competition. And WDA every night's going to be like this. As we told them, it's, if we got to win ugly, we'll win ugly. We're okay with that. So Pretty only works in beauty pageants, as exactly. you and I both look, know. Look at, look at you and I. For exactly. That's it's why like, I'm in radio. don't have a chance. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, thanks for coming up. Congratulations on the win, partner. Right. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. That is Bill Nelson at the post game last night at Ernie Gates Field as James Sell won that one again by a final score of 22 to 21. Well, in double-A football, Valley City, they had the night off last night. Again, we've talked about it, Stanley, this summer uh, about, uh, oh, I think it was right before the uh, practices uh, began on August 12th. They uh, went to forfeit, uh, forfeited their varsity season. They're playing a JV schedule because of numbers. And so uh, the uh, Highliners had last night off. And picked up the forfeit win last night. And then they go to Hazen next week. I had a chance to talk with the head coach, Scott Rorick, of the Highliners earlier this week. Well, they have a bye week tonight. No game on Friday night about the Valley City Highliners. So we'll be getting ready and take on Hazen next week. We are talking with Coach Scott Rorick from the Highliners. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing just fine, Paul. Thank you. Well, let's uh, we'll just step back. Uh, last week at St. Mary's, uh, a forty-one ten final score against St. Mary's. Just your thoughts uh, overall against uh, the Saints here last Friday night. Probably a lot of the stuff I visited with you pregame about the 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 game. You know, the big plays concerned us and uh, mistakes alignment wise and some things like that. You know, and I take full credit for some of that certainly because. Uh, you know, what you see on the field in a lot of ways is what uh, we've coached and maybe not taken care of uh, in practice. So, um, but, you know, we've got we've to get better, no doubt. We played some, some two tough teams first couple weeks. We knew they were going to be tough games for us. And, um, you know, we're still learning who we are. And, uh, and we're going to use this, this bye week to kind of reset some things and, uh, you know, try to almost – almost hit the reset button and, and start over again. Well, in that game, too, uh, right before the end of the half, I think it was Mitchell Taylor had a 69-yard kickoff return, set you up inside the 20-yard line. It was like three seconds to go. Uh, and you guys uh, sent out Austin uh, Thornton. He drills a 36-yard field goal. Just uh, I'm Really, that was just a great call, and I said it on the radio. Hey, great call. Just get some momentum. Is that kind of the mindset, just get a little positive, uh, fee- uh, positive energy heading into the locker room? Well, you always want to get some if you can. I mean, it was nice to get the return and, and at least you know get a big play on our side. And, and uh, you know, I think more than anybody, it was Coach Zinke's uh, suggestion to get that field goal going. And, you know, because I was probably ready just to throw it in the end zone and see what happens. But uh, Austin's been working his tail off trying to kind of kick. And we've got kids out there getting extra time and practice snapping and, 
and holding. And, uh, you know, it was why not at that point? And, uh, you know, it was pretty exciting. As I said, I'm not sure I can remember us ever kicking a field goal in my 13 years. It's hard for us to get kickers. And, um, you know, we're just glad that it worked out for us. Well, then, uh, you know, second half, you get that uh, late uh, touchdown in the fourth quarter, Max Fair, and that was just a strong run uh, by, uh, by Max. And, and just, again, nice job by the offense. They got a nice drive, and they get touchdown. Uh, Max, he's, is he a kind of a strong runner? Is that how you would describe uh, his style of running? Well, he's a hard runner. I mean, he, he's not afraid of the contact. He hits the hole really hard. And, you know, we just got to make sure we can find a crease for him and, and let him do his thing and um, – you know, he's a, he's a great young man. He's got a great attitude about about his team, about, um, you know, what we're trying to do. And uh, we're just excited to have him on our football team. Well, as you mentioned, uh, off week this week, Coach, you mentioned the, the reset button. And how about, too, just kind of healing up because you played two physical teams in St. Mary's and Beulah and just uh, maybe get the, get healthy and get ready for Hazen next Friday night. Is that something, too, with this week? Uh, just Just kind of heal up a little bit? Absolutely. You know, we're going to try and make a positive out of a, you know, a, a not so neat situation for our kids here and our fans, you know, losing a home game. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a plus for us, I really think, going forward from here. And, um, you know, we're going to find the, the positive parts of things. And, you know, we got a few kids dinged up and, you know, give us a chance to, to get better at our fundamentals, which, you know, we need to get better at some of those things. And, uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's all looking at the things that we need to address, and hopefully that will show up uh, next week against Hazen. All right. Well, we'll talk more about the Bison when we chat next week, Coach. I appreciate the time, and uh, have yourself a, a week, a nice weekend off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> you bet, Coach. Coach Scott Roark joining us in the Valley City Highlanders again off Friday night, and they got the Hazen Bison on the road coming up next Friday night. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't a complete weekend off for Coach Roark. I'm sure they were breaking down film and getting ready for Hazen here this weekend. And also now we're going to drop down to class single A and a couple of teams to talk about. Lisbon Broncos, another win last night and another shutout. Their second straight shutout. They're off to a 3-0 start on the season. And afterwards, Eric Johnson from Thunder Country he had a chance to talk with head coach Joe Girding. Post game again, another big victory for the Lisbon Broncos. They got the uh, head coach Joe Girding. Uh, I guess I should do some research on this. Your team is off to a 3-0 start and score-wise this has got to be one of the hottest starts the Lisbon Broncos have gotten off to. You've outscored your opponents 84 to zip over the last two weeks. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know the statistics on how, you know, where this is historically. But, yeah, we're definitely off to a great start, and we hope to keep it going. Okay, was it Jordan Sauer's birthday today or what? Because he ended up with five touchdowns, I believe, on the night. No, it wasn't his birthday, but, you know, he just the kid has a knack for the end zone, and he gets in, he gets in there and makes some things happen on his own, too. Well, let's talk about what was working offensively. Uh, the Jaguars, you know, challenged you a little bit very early in the game. It wasn't quite as easy. The first two weeks, you guys scored on multiple drives to start the game. So something defensively they were doing must have worked out a little bit. Maybe it was a little off kilter for you guys because it's an away game. But uh, did you make any adjustments or did it just take a little longer for your offense to click? Yeah, no, I mean, they, they really sold out to stop the run. You know, they put pretty much 10 guys in the box, and they blitzed hard. And, you know, we, it just took us a little while to make an adjustment because it, was, it wasn't it was anything that we had seen on film from them. So it just took a split second for us to make that adjustment. And, you know, and also being able to hit a pass or two, that really opened some things up too. Joe, you and I were talking earlier today. We weren't quite sure what the field is going to be like. And I know if you walk through the grass here, there is some standing water around here. What was the field like tonight? You know, surprisingly, the field was actually in pretty good shape. Well, 
you're here now at three and zero. You know, we've been talking a lot about the offense. We've talked a little bit last week about the defense. I think they really started to shine with the interception or two and sacks. And I think the defense again maybe ratcheted it up even a little bit further. We saw some really impressive play. Yeah, no, definitely. Our defense played well. You know, we kind of they they had some very good athletes, and we I think we did a pretty good job of shutting those guys down. Talk about just some of the heroes. I know Riggers for one. I called his name a lot tonight. Yeah, I know. He's kind of been an anchor in the middle for us. I mean, he started at middle linebacker since he was a freshman and, you know, over the last few years has a hundred and something tackles. And tonight he kind of he kind of really got going. And, you know, this this kind of power offense that they run, that is, you know, that's what he likes. And that's kind of where we thrive is when teams try to do that. And I mean, you know, we view that as kind of the strength of our defense. Well, there's a lot of really good teams in Region 1A, although we're finding out who's the real contenders and who may be pretenders. But this game tonight, even though, you know, the Northern Cast Jaguars, I, I don't know if they were considered to be the top of the region. But, but I think when coaches around the region, Thompson and Oaks, and they open up the sports page or they watch the sports tonight and see you guys lay one on another team, they're going to really start taking notice of Lisbon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we're telling the kids that, you know, with, with, the, with the past in Lisbon, you know, we haven't got a whole lot of respect, and we're just telling the kids, you know, keep playing with a chip on your shoulder, and that's just kind of been the motto, play with a chip. So early on, Eek is next. When do you start planning for them? Tomorrow morning. You know, our kids last year, we went to EEK, and we, we did not play well at all, and, you know, we kind of want to get back going again down there. Any injuries? No, nope, we made it out healthy tonight. That is Coach Joe Gerding for the Lisbon Broncos. And again, off to a 3-0 start. And you look at that Region 1, Oaks 3-0, 2-0 in the region. Lisbon 2-0 in the region, 3-0 overall. Then Thompson picking up their first loss last night, 37-14 Oaks defeating Thompson. They're now 2-1, Northern Cass 1-1. Hatton Northwood, who came up with a win over Ellendale Edgley Cullum, coming from behind, winning 20-26 last evening. They're 1-1 in the region. And then Sargent County, that's Oaks's next opponent. They'll take on Sargent County next week. Then the EEK and Oak Grove at 0-2 in Region 1. Now we drop down to Class A and Region 2. And the Carrington Cardinals last night, they were taking on Harvey Wells County. And a game that was kind of a tale of two halves as the Cardinals dropped the 12-6 decision. Kyle Smith caught up with Greg Grins in the postgame show. All right, and right now we're glad to be joined by head coach Kyle Smith for the Carrington Cardinals. Thanks, coach, for joining us here. We appreciate it. You bet. And, uh, boy, uh, I think uh, Carrington, if you compare the, 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 team, the team in the first half to the second half, second half Carrington just came out way more confident and ran the offense and did what they needed to do and looked a lot better in the second half. We really did. And, you know, our issue the entire year has been our start, and tonight it was the same thing. We just got to figure out a way to get out of the gates faster. You know, you can't dig yourselves a hole 12 uh, nothing when, when you're having trouble scoring. And... Um, but very proud of how the kids played the second half. I thought we outplayed them just as bad as they outplayed us in the first half. And, uh, you know, minus a couple big plays they had, um, we actually played a really good game defensively again. Um, but we, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot when we get down to the 10-yard line there in the first half. We had a couple bad snaps and a penalty. And, you know, like I said, teams that are struggling to score can't have those mistakes, and, and we got to correct them. Um, let's talk about defense. Calder Kwame had some nice tackles and entire defense. Um, and it, Nelson, Seth Nelson came up with a big interception there when they tried to go for the, the touchdown in the end zone there. So Yeah, Nelly really has a, a knack for uh, reading plays and, and, and just to, has a, a nose for the ball. You know, he led, probably led the state last year with 11 interceptions. I think he's got three or four already this year, and he's sure a nice weapon to have back there. And he, he's so long, people don't realize how long he is either, and they try to throw it over him. And, and with his ability to read, he's, he's an he's a extremely good defender. 
Very first play, uh, the Hornets scored. Did that kind of take the wind out there in the beginning of the game when they scored that uh, touchdown when uh, Freeze connected with Erickson? You know, it did a little bit. In, in this bunch of kids, um, hasn't had a lot of success in, in really any sport they played. And and you get down like that, and you can kind of see that, oh, here we go again kind of attitude. And, and you just got to try and stay positive and keep in their ear and, and keep their head up and, and keep battling. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm really proud of the, the adjustments we made at halftime, came out and dominated the second half. And uh, just uh, it was one half too late. We got to start like that in the first half. Nelson made a nice pass, a completion to Retzloff. Got a first and goal, but unable to get it. Put, you know, punch it in the end zone there. Yeah, kind of same same thing as last week. We we had a couple bad snaps, and we had a penalty, and pretty soon we were on the twenty yard line instead of the ten. And and uh, you know those types of things we we can't do. And uh, you know we got a couple veteran guys at, at center and, and quarterback, and and uh, those things shouldn't happen. Um, and we got to fix that and, and make sure that stuff doesn't happen, especially when you're in, in the red zone. You know, the Cardinals had some nice stops on fourth down. Uh, Harvey would go for it, and, and they made some nice stops. You know, overall, I think, yeah, like you said, the defense did a nice job tonight. Our defense did, and, and we were forced into playing some young defensive backs. Uh, we had some sophomores and freshmen on the field. Um, we have a couple kids that aren't here, you know, for various reasons, and and uh, so kind of baptism by fire, <laughs> these young kids. It's it's great experience for them. It's just it's hard to come into a game like this, a, a competitive game against a team that plays hard and fast, and and uh, when you when you're inexperienced and, and look really good, you know. But but the experience is doing them doing them wonders, and and as the game progressed. They looked a lot better. Uh, Ethan Busness uh, kind of hurt on the play. He came back in there. He is a trooper out there. <laughs> yeah, Ethan, yeah. he gets the black and blue award. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, he's got a bad shoulder and a bad knee, and now he has another bad knee. And, and uh, I told him he's lucky he only has two legs or he'd have three bad <laughs> knees. <laughs> but uh, but he is, uh, you know, he never wants to come out of the game, and, and you, you almost have to go out in the field and pull him off to, to get him out of the game. But he, he's a... Uh, he plays hard. He he never slows down, and that's part of the reason he has some injury trouble. He, he's going 100 miles an hour all the time, and and I wish we had a team full of them. Let's talk about WNG. I think they beat Park River tonight, so that's homecoming game uh, one week from tonight. Uh, what do we know about West Hope? You know, if they're like last year, they they're real big up front. Um, they didn't have a lot of speed last year. Um, but this year we don't have a lot of speed either. So um, I don't know a lot about them. Uh, I think they lost quite a few seniors like we did. Um, you know, when you look at scores and things like that, they've won a couple games. So I'm sure it's going to be a very competitive game for us, but I think it's a very winnable game if we play like we did the second half tonight. All right, awesome. Thanks, Coach Smith, for joining us. Uh, they got the lights out already, so we got to let you go. Yeah, that must be their sign we're, we're supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks so much, and uh, good luck next Friday night. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Not a problem. That's uh, Coach Smith joining us here on our postgame report. Thanks so much, Greg. Greg Grenz at KDK last night with Coach Kyle Smith and Carrington again dropped 12-6, to the final score, losing, losing to Harvey Wells County. That's a wrap of our high school football summary from Friday night. Now we're going to get ready for today's college football. Again, Valley City State tonight. They'll be taking on University of Minnesota Morris here in Morris. That's where we're broadcasting from, Big Cat Stadium, here from the Brian Curtis Press Box. And uh, that'll be a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock kickoff here on AM 1490 KOVC. Well, coming up in a little over half an hour, 12.30, it'll be the University of Jamestown Jimmys taking on Hastings. And Steve Linsmeyer, the voice of the Jimmys, had a chance to chat with head coach Brian Mistro of UJ. The University of Jamestown football team is getting ready to head to Hastings this weekend to take on the Hastings Broncos and the head coach of the Jimmies, Brian Mistro, joins us right now. Coach, how are we doing? 
as always, man, living the dream. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, uh, before we get into Hastings a little bit, let's talk about uh, how this week has gone in practice. Obviously, not the start you guys have wanted at 0-2, but uh, how have the guys responded in practice? We keep talking about the same things, and I think we're trying to beat it through their heads. Guys, you have to, you have to do the things in practice correctly in order to get into the game and be have it be second nature and have yourself, your muscle memory, just this is what I do, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I do it, and do it. And so um, we talked about it, and I was talking to you a little bit before. We talked about it at our uh, our team Bible study last night, and we had a good show, and we had about 15, 20 kids up there. And say, say what you mean and mean what you say. And, and it came out uh, that way, and, and our guys have – I think we have a bunch of guys that are, are bought in and ready to roll, and they want to win, and they want to do the right things. But it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do it. And I think we're getting to the point now where – we're holding each other a little bit more accountable and we're, you know, hey man, you're not working as hard as I think you should. You're not working up to the standard that we have set. And so we're we're going through a little bit of, you know, soul searching a little bit. Like, hey, everybody wants to win, but you guys haven't done it yet. And, and so instead of talking about it, let's just go do it. Let's just get out there and, and practice how you how you want to practice so that way when you get into the game, now, you, now you're going to hopefully come out with a victory. And I think when you start changing the mindset of the guys of, getting used to winning and and I think how do you do that when you don't see it on the scoreboard you do all the little things right you win every day and everything that you do you can make everything a competition and that way when you get into a game you're not used to losing and I think that's just a huge it's a mindset change and our guys are frankly our guys are acclimated to losing right now and how do we change that outside of actually winning on Saturday. We got to win every day in practice. We got to win every day in the classroom. We got to win every day in life. And I think once our guys buy into that idea, now we're going to have a better chance to win on Saturdays. Well, that's a big thing with football more so probably than any other sport, because you do have a week kind of leading up to every game that you've got to do the the little things, the film, the, you know, the, the practice, like there's just so much that goes into leading up to Saturday. Right, and we only get eleven chances. And I told our guys, <laughs> I told our guys the other day, and I said, uh, it's something that one of my old coaches used to say all the time. Hey guys, we're somewhere between zero and eleven and nine and two. It's up to you guys where we finish, and it's up to us as a staff to put you in the right position to hopefully finish on the higher end of that. But uh, those are the facts, and the facts. And we had a good conversation about it. The facts don't really care how you feel. And so we went through, and I talked to you on Monday about it, like. This is what we gave up. This is how many yards we had. This is these are the actual stats of the game. So how do we change those? You got to believe in what you're doing, and you got to believe your teammate that he knows what he's doing, and he's going to do it to the best of his ability, and and not do too much with within the scheme. Do your job. You know we talk about it all the time, like chop and carry, chop wood and carry water. Do your job, and everything's going to be we're going to be put in a better position to make plays and, and win the football game. Brian Mistral's our guest, head football coach at the Jimmies, and. Following the Valley City State game, we talked about uh, how brutal your September schedule was. Obviously, you opened with Dickinson, and following this, you have Dort and Northwestern, two teams that were preseason ranked top 25. This is, I don't want to say that any week in the GPAC is soft, but this is the game where you guys have a chance to go get a W this weekend on the road. Right, and the confidence level is is there right now because – I know it was last year, and you don't want to look back. We won last year, so the guys have a belief that they can do it. 
But, yeah, guys, it doesn't matter who we play, especially in this league. If, if you go out there and lay an egg, anybody's going to be able to beat you. And I, I want to make sure that the guys understand that we're going to take it one week at a time. We're going to prep every week, you know, for, for the team that we're playing. And, and this week it's Hastings, and we're going down there on, on a good road trip. And hopefully some of those roads aren't flooded based off of what, yeah. I've, what I've seen. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, there is a little bit of different confidence level, I think, going into the week of practice and going into the week of prep that we've had. Um, you like to see that confidence in every week. And so I challenge the guys to say, hey, we need to have a good week of practice. You guys are going to go down there. Hopefully, you know, there's a similar outcome. Um, I don't want it to... I don't want it to be a shootout type type deal like it was last year, but I think our guys have the belief that they can win, and that's, that's half the battle. Like, if you think you can do it, just go do it now. Yeah, I think... Uh... Over 40 points has won the game the last two times we've been in Hastings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it has. And as a defensive coach, that still scares the heck out of me. So <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily want it to be a 41-39 game or, or whatever it was last year. But, uh, you know, you got to respect winning. And however it happens, it happens. And if you can pull one out, let's do it. And, and I think that, uh, you know, you'd like to go in and, and set the tone right away with, you know, our guys running the football and our, and hopefully playing a little bit more of a, a defense that uh, we're not just allowing points left and right. And, you know, our guys understand the scheme and our guys are, are making mistakes that we understand are going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but we need to get better and better every week. Brian Mistro is our guest. He's the head football coach at the University of Jamestown, getting ready to play Hastings and we talked about it a little bit this morning. I uh, remember from from last couple of years we played Hastings. They're a team that's got a lot of athletes on offense. They uh, they like to uh, to use their matchup problems in space. Yeah, and, and there's there's something to be said about a team like that who they got a bunch of athletes running around. And, and for us, you know, how do you the keys of the game? Bam, you ready? Keys of the game. We have to eliminate the big play on offense for them because. They can take a, a quick screen route or a quick slant and go 60. And we saw it in their first game um, against Panhandle. And so there's, there's things where, you know, if we can eliminate the number of big plays, because they're going to hit some plays. They're, they're a team that's going to be able to do it. And they've, they've done it against every team that they've played last year that I saw on film. And so for me, you got to eliminate big plays and you got to tackle on defense. And then on offense, Yes, they have athletes running around for sure, but you, with what our scheme does, you hopefully you can get them out of place, get them out of sync a little bit, and take advantage of some miscues that they have. So it's really going to be a matter of you know, who's going to eliminate the mistakes and who's not going to allow the big play. Because when you look at last year's film, you know, yeah, 41-39 or whatever the score was, it's, those are a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball. So we've got to eliminate you know, ours and hopefully make sure that we make theirs seem a lot bigger. Yeah, it was 41-39 last year, and then uh, three years ago or two years ago when we went down there, it was uh, 44-33. So uh, 40 points has been the uh, been the number uh, at Hastings, and the road team has won the last three meetings between the Jimmys and the Broncos, so uh, history doesn't really matter, but uh, bodes well uh, for your guys' chances this weekend. And uh, they've got uh, Keote Stenhouse is the guy. He's a dude, man. Num- number one for the Hastings Broncos, nine catches, 129 yards and a pair of touchdowns last week against Oklahoma Panhandle. Yeah, and he ran by guys, and he's he's a very talented young man. And and from what I've seen on film, uh, he's he's going to be the guy that they're going to look for, and he's going to be a guy that they're going to you know put the team on his back a little bit, and their quarterback's going to throw it up there and give him a shot. And, and we we noticed that on film that you know whether he's covered or not, 
this, this young man can make plays. And so we're, we're really, we're really making sure that uh, we can minimize his gains. He's going to have some, and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you, we're going to lock him down, but I'm going to tell you that we're going to do our best to make sure that we know where the ball is going. And if it's in his hands, we're, we got to make sure that we're swarming to the football on defense and, and then with our offense on the other side of that, let's, let's keep him off the field. Let's make sure that they don't get the opportunities all day to, to throw on the rock. So um, it's a good, it'll be a good give-and-take type football game for us, and we need to have our defense playing well and our offense staying on the field, and, and everything should turn out the way we want it to. Well, offensively, uh, you guys are going to obviously try to control the clock, make sure they stay off the field like you just said, but what are some things offensively that you guys feel you need to clean up from the last couple of weeks? We need to be on the same page with some of our stuff, and, and what I mean by that is we have to put together – a series. We have to put together a drive, and I think what we saw um, last week was we were we were pretty efficient on first and second down, but we got into those third and shorts, third and mediums, and then one guy would make a mistake, and then the next drive, another guy would make a mistake, and the next drive, another guy would make a mistake. So it's not that it was a consistent problem with one player, and we need to make a change. It was we got to third down, and one guy wasn't on the same page with everybody else. And so for us on offense, I think it's just a matter of Again, I, and I'm going to beat until I'm, I'm red in the face here. Like, you have to make sure that you are doing your job to the best of your abilities and trust your teammates. Be a good teammate and trust your teammate that he's going to do his job and things should turn out the way that they're going to turn out. And now you got to give whatever defense you're playing credit to. They're trying to stop you. And so for, for that, you know, who's, who's going to – be the one that takes the next step and who's going to be the team that, that minimizes those mistakes and who's the team that executes their stuff better. Well, it's a long road trip. You, we're leaving uh, Friday morning and uh, going to spend uh, most of the day on the road on the way to, uh, to Hastings. What do you make of the long road trip? It, it's, it goes back to my personal experience. And some of these trips are some of the most memorable trips for me. It's, you know, when we, when we had Black Hills and, and South Dakota Tech in the league, like those trips where you got to know your buddies a lot and, and I, we're going to break up the trip a little bit. And, um, for those of you that care, we're going to, we're going to take off around nine, nine thirty in the morning. And then uh, we're going to stop at Huron high school. Um, coach Spanton, our wide receivers, graduate assistant, his dad's actually the head coach at Huron. So, um, we called down there and said, Hey, we'd love to use your field to, to do our walkthrough and, and hang out and eat our sack lunches from our cafeteria. And, Heck yeah, coach, come on down. And so we're going to break up the trip that way. So we'll get about three hours into the trip, and then we'll, we'll stop for an hour, and then we'll get on the road for another four. So you, you like to think you're not sitting on the bus for eight hours. You know, the, the trip home will be obviously a little bit uh, straight through, more straight through. But as far as I'm concerned, it, it's an opportunity for our guys to bond and, and come together more as a team. And everybody's there. You get away from some of the and not that you want to get away from home, but you get away from any of the distractions at home, whether it's, you know, whether it's homework, girlfriend, family, whatever the case is. Now it's just a bunch of brothers coming onto the, onto the bus and, and it's just you guys. And, it, and it's just us to, to come together as a team and look each other in the eye and say, hey, I got your back, man. Let's go. I had uh, Marcel Sanchez, and we'll be on the spotlight at halftime of uh, Saturday's game, and I got a chance to know him a little bit. He's a pretty good kid. <laughs> There's not a time where I, I don't walk by Marcelo, and he's just got that grin on his face. I, I try to – I got a little uh, – sometimes I just stare at him. I just give him, the old, give him the old coach's eyes. and He's like, Coach, what's up? 
coach, what's up? And I don't say anything. And he's just got that grin from ear to ear. And he's a guy on our team that he pulls the younger guys up with him. And he's the guy that, you know, if someone has questions, he's, he's going to help them out. It doesn't matter who you are or what position you play. You know, he's he's a captain for a reason. And he's a guy that the guys look up to. And I'm a big fan of him. And, and I'll tell you what, he's he's got to have a big game this week. And so, you know, he knows that. And he's going to do his job and his 111th, as the guys say. And, you know, he's going to he's gonna be somebody that I'm going to miss for sure. Coach Brian Mistro, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That is Steve Lensmeyer, voice of the Jimmies with Coach Brian Mistro. Again, the UJ taking on the Hastings Broncos. That'll be coming up here in about a half hour, 1230 with the pregame. And uh, they will get things started with the kickoff at about 1 o'clock this afternoon from Hastings, Nebraska. Well, earlier in the week as well, I chatted with head coach Dennis McCulloch and uh, Coach Mack from Valley City State as they'll be playing tonight against the University of Minnesota Morris. And here's part of our conversation we had from the Coach Mack Show on Monday. You faced some pretty athletic quarterbacks in Jordan Mann and Koima. Now I think Maslowski is the quarterback for University of Minnesota Morris. Uh, kid, I think, out of Underwood, Minnesota, if memory yep, serves. Uh, you're right. Um, another athletic quarterback you get this week uh, for UMM. He, he is. He does a really good job. I, I, I've been impressed with him and you know and sometimes he's not getting the pass protection he probably needs or but but he he's elusive kid he not maybe as like you'd see just pure speed but man he's he's very elusive physical runner um he definitely makes them go offensively you know and and throws the ball well and and does a good job of running their offense so yes you're you're exactly right and and you know uh something that that we're continuing talking with our defensive line. I mean, we, we have not done a great job of being able to get off one. I, I think we're getting pressure. We're feeling the pressure. We're getting guys out. We're, we just, we're not getting off being able to shut off a block and go and make a play on a quarterback or, or keep pursuing, you know. he We're losing that, let the leverage on the quarterback piece, and that's something we have to improve on up front. And, and you know, I, you know and, and, and I think – there's different levels of athletic quarterbacks and things that we could do and and uh, but we we you know those are things we just have expectation of our d-line that have to be able to maintain a lane and, and rush lanes and and you know that quarterback scramble thing is is something we have to get better at and you hear the word in football contain uh you have that contain and uh that's something else too isn't it it's, it's absolutely you got to keep the quarterback in the pocket you know and especially the elusive guys you, you just you cannot let those guys get outside your tackles. I mean, you're in, it, it just buys them time to be able to throw the ball down the field, create some other issues for you. Now they can run, throw the ball at some point in time. Um, it, it, it just causes you a lot of issues, you know. And, and, and we have this, you know, what, what's been positive is Jalen has been able to do some of that stuff for us too. And, and we can see that it's, it's disruptive. It's hard. It's hard on defenses when those things happen. It, it creates a whole new play now because the receivers are changing their routes and what the things they're doing makes them more challenging defensive backs wise to cover for a longer period of time um so and nothing good happens when you when you get a quarterback out of the you know for us unless you're in a good chase mode um it's not a positive thing and so yeah, those are those are things we definitely have to improve on up front and, and with our d-line when you uh talk more stone last year they came to town it was actually the first egg bowl when they were here uh last year uh a big victory but before we get to the, to, to to that back playing university of minnesota morris again Played him for years uh, back. I don't know. I got a chance to do some of the games in the early 2000s when you played him. How nice is it to get a team? Now it's about two hour and 45-minute drive roughly uh, for fans that can go and watch the Vikings uh, on the road. It's awesome. I mean, it, it's a great – to me, it's a great uh, positive game for us. And, 
the the distance that they are away. It's a close game. Uh, it's a it's a game that we played in the past too. I mean, we we've, we've had that game before, and and uh, I, I just think that the the closeness for us and our travel for our kids, our fans, everybody else is a positive. I, I think the same thing is for University of Morrison. Uh, you know, I think that that you know the the positivity of the the, the location and that piece is a good thing. So. Um, it's much better than having to, you know, go a long distance to go find games and travel somewhere where fans got a hard time making a game if they want to come or parents and family mm-hmm. and and so it, no question it, it's a really a, a positive situation for us to to be able to play them and now playing in a new uh, facility too. Well, it's yep. new to you. Exactly, uh, it's old to them now. It's been 14 years, but it's new to you. Uh, get a chance to play another uh, Astro play turf, yep. and I think similar to what Dickinson State has, what you saw at Northwestern yep. as well. Yep, absolutely. That, that's it, it's a positive. I mean, we, like I said, now it, it, the field turf, the uh, artificial turf fields. I mean, you don't, you know, we we play on. Uh, I think maybe just one this year at uh, at Dakota State, and and so it's a it's getting to be where uh, you don't, you know, we're not seeing natural grass anymore at all, and and just a part of what's happening. It, it, we get so much weather up here, and I've I've said this before when we got our turf field. It's it just it makes it so much nicer to have consistency, consistency for practice and and everything else that that you can go out and and no matter what the weather is like, you're going to have a consistent surface, which you know it's just not possible with grass. It's just you know it's going to change. It's just a part of the dynamics of it. Well, we've been talking defense. So let's go to the offensive side, and of course, we'll talk a little bit more about the offense when Jalen uh, joins us. But uh, how special of a guy is Louis Kionis uh, back there for you? Ah, there's no question. I mean, you know, he's been a like I said, this is his fourth year and in, in starting for us and, and dynamic player. And, and, you know, I think most of the time you watch him, you think, well, he's a really elusive guy and he makes a lot of guys miss and he does. But, man, he's a he's also a physical kid that can put his head down. He's going to get, you know, going to get you a tough yard and um, he's got great speed. I mean, I, I mean, there's a couple times in the open field where, like I said, he, he makes he makes people look silly. And, and uh, yeah, he no question. I, I mean, I don't know that our guys get enough recognition. I mean, the talent level of Louie and Jalen, I, I think we have two of the best, you know, quarterback, tailback combinations, you know, around. And um, like I said, I, I don't think sometimes – and I know there's a lot of other good quality kids around. And, and But, man, we – I think we got special guys, and those guys are really, you know, as far as the guys that I've coached in a long time, that they're, you know, one of the top top kids that I've ever coached. And and so, Louis, the great thing I think with him is you see, is like not just hand the ball off to him, but I mean, being able to throw the ball to him, get him in, get the ball in space to him, and those things are 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 really been positive too. He can go out and catch the ball well and uh, do some of those things for us. So, uh, you know, we just we have to utilize him as many t- many many ways as we can, and and. Uh, and try not to wear him out. And he can either be between the tackles because he is so strong. He can go outside. It seems like uh, you can go either way with him. If you yeah, want. Absolutely. Yeah, they get exactly right. And and like I said, that that's what makes him special. Is is like I said, his dynamic uh, piece of that, and not afraid to run inside. You know, and I, I think some some running backs get a little tentative. Like, oh my gosh, what's gonna you know who's gonna come and hit me or what's gonna happen? I, and Louis doesn't do that. And and he, you know he's very much of a physical runner and and not afraid to take that contact if he needs to and uh, like I said he definitely gets us those tough yards when you need them and he and and uh, 
Josh McKnight, they're kind of two different types of backs, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Josh is going to be more of an elusive guy. I, I kid Josh all the time. We need to put some bricks or something in his pockets. He's a light kid right now. But, you know, he says, I keep trying, trying to eat. But uh, his parents own a break bakery back in New Rockford. So I, I keep going, Josh, you should be, you know, you should be really easy to put on 20, 20 pounds here. But, you know, Josh is a great, I, like I said, he's a great story for us. And he was not a heavily recruited kid out of high school. But, man, he's come and done a great job for us and hard work working kid and and now i mean is is definitely our solid number two running back and gives us a lot when he can come in we're you know we don't you know i don't think we drop off a lot but he's a more of an elusive runner he's going to try to make you miss kind of guy and um and and like i said definitely has been a a positive for us and in having a solid number two when you talk about sports you like to improve from game to game so one area i want to ask about improvement offensive line from week one it's hard to improved from 200 and some odd yards on the ground. Still, offensive line, uh, I think they, they got to have some credit, too, for what's going uh, on. No, absolutely. You know, and, and like I said, I've always said Louie would be the first guy to tell you that, that you know, his line is, is what makes things go. If you don't have, if, if you don't have some seams and some holes, we're, we're, not, we're not doing those things. You know, the, to me, some of the biggest things that has to happen, you know, you, we just, you know, the run through piece, you got to give us some, you got to give him some time to, 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 to make some, uh, get to the line of scrimmage to make decisions on where you're going. If you have penetration or, you know, have some pushback, it creates some real issues with, with those pieces. So uh, the, those are things that, that I think we're, we'll continue to improve on. And, and uh, but, but I think there, there are definitely some positive steps. There, there are still some things that, like I said, I, I you know, I circle and just see, you know, we have some run through guys and there, there are times you're going to do that. You don't count for everybody in the box. If you watched our game and, and you saw somebody come and blitz it, well, if we, we have five offensive linemen, that means we can pick up five and we have to determine that. And I, I, I'm assuming Jalen has some of that. I'm not the offensive guy there every day, but he has some power in determining who those guys are. And we know we're going to pick up these guys. Okay, then this guy's my hot read. If he blitzes, I got to have somebody to throw to. Uh, there's a couple times I, you know, we get that, we got to be able to hit that, you know, check down. There has to be somebody for him because we're not blocking that guy. And, and those are the things that I think some of those things we have to continue to improve on, on that, that communication piece, those things that are, that are there for us. And, and, uh, uh, you, you can't send out a running back and we're, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to empty the backfield and, and then we're not figuring out that those pieces of that. Um, you know, Jason, Jalen's elusive, but man, when you have a straight run through guy, it's pretty hard to be elusive. So those are, those are the things that we have to continue to improve on. And, and we, we can't have those things. We, if Jalen has time and, and he, he has some, you know, opportunities to see the field and scan the field, it, he's, he's special in getting the ball to guys. And, and that, that's the thing we have to continue to improve on and, and uh, be able to do. So, um, like I said, I, I, we're still, it's a work in progress, you know, and, and I, I think our, our line's improving. I like the dynamic of those guys. I think there's some young guys in the mix that can still push some of the, the guys that we have. Uh, uh, we're as deep as we've ever have. I mean, you know, we, we probably have 18 offensive linemen that are uh, still in our program, and that's the that's huge for us. And, and there's a lot of that group of guys who, who can contribute at some point in time. So we're pretty excited about that piece. Hopefully we'll keep those guys around, but we, we got to keep pushing those guys to improve. Well, Coach, uh, we've talked about a lot of things, and one thing uh, we'll just touch on some the injury report, if you will, and I know a lot of things you can and can't say, but just uh, uh, obviously with the uh, absence of Jalen Peterson, did, or Jake Peterson, pardon me, did not play the second half against Jamestown, did not play all last week. Uh, he's, he's still got some guys out there, but it hurts when you lose a guy like that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no question when you lose a 6'4", uh, 
athlete, uh, good speed receiver, guy who's a, definitely a threat for you. Uh, you know, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for for Jalen and the things that he can do. And you know, you know, Jake's just one of those guys where you're gonna you're gonna take a shot with him. You know, <laughs> a couple times a game, and he's got a you know a, a pretty good chance of, of winning battles against corners. And, and 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 he's just a hard matchup because he is tall, and and so he's got great speed and. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of kid is, is definitely, you know, when we look at our dynamics on offense, it's Jake Peterson and Louis Quinones and Jalen Pfeiffer. I mean, those are how it comes. So you, you're taking one of those pieces away. It, it, it affects us. It affects the things that we can do offensively and affects the things that, you know, our overall package it affects where people can now put more focus on, you know. Um, it, so, they're, you know, those are pieces that happen. And, you know, um, you know, it's just he's been dealing with a hamstring, and and until those things uh, start to improve, and the trainers give us a thumbs up, uh, you know, we're we're he's he's uh, working to get better, and hopefully we'll see him soon. You know, uh, you know we're still in uncertainty this week again if we'll we'll be back, but uh, the good thing is is uh, you know we got a bye week in here, and and it'll give him a few more weeks to to once we get through the grind and, and start to get to our conference schedule and. Uh, be nice to be at full strength. I know that. So, well, people that have never had hamstring injuries, I have. Uh, it seems if you've done anything in sports and you get one, they're one of those nagging injuries that just will not go away. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's an interesting deal. I, you know, like a lot of other muscle strains and things that you know kids can respond seem to come back, but it is definitely uh, uh, one of those that's a little bit slower just because of the number. You know, uh, the the amounts of muscles that are back there and how many, you know, those muscles are injured and, and then everything you do run wise and things you do and it affects you. So, uh, that, that, you know, that's a part of uh, what's going on. And, and like I said, we, we hope to have him back here soon, sooner than later. And he's definitely a big part of our, what we, we expected to be our offense, you know, and, and, uh, so it, you know, we do. It's just like you said. You know, you say, "Oh, well, we have other guys," and we do. Kate Combs and you, and you, you know, Jay, you know, Kellen Kessler and and uh, you know, Jake and Gottenberg. I mean, those guys are all coming in and they're doing a solid job. You know, the, the, we also lost, and we we haven't talked about is Eli Luna. And Eli Luna should have been a senior this year, and he's a he's a three year starting. You know, played a lot and he's starting slot receiver last year, and you know, just in the process over the last, you know. From last year to this year, he started to have some back stuff and, and just, you know, had enough issues that, you know, he just felt like he probably should be done and he, he was a fifth-year senior. But, man, he's, he's a big part of our – it was a big part of our offense last year and, and Eli did a great job. So, you know, it, 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 it dings you a little bit when you lose your really top two receivers when we start to look at it from, from what we expected to have. Um, you know, there, there, there's some growth process there for us, and, and, and that's a little bit frustrating where we're at, but that's, you know, you deal with reality, and, and the, the guys who have stepped in are doing a good, really good job, and, and, uh, but we, we need some explosiveness uh, at the receiver position. I mean, it, it just it cannot be, you know, just Louis Quinones, and, and if it's just Louis Quinones, it's really easy now to, to stack the box and to do a lot of other things. So, I, I, like I said, the good thing is, uh, Jake's gonna uh, he'll be back in here, and hopefully, like I said, sooner than later, and that'll help a lot. As a defensive coach, uh, as you saw in these in your first couple games, you get a team that can hurt you over the top or on the ground. That gives, makes 
your job as a defensive coach a little harder, and that's kind of what we're talking about absolutely. here. Uh, you know, you, you want to make it difficult for those guys. Absolutely. The, the more options you have, the more threats you can put out, is the better, you know, the better opportunities you have. It's, it's why are the Patriots trying to get – well, they, they sign Antonio Brown. I mean, it, you know, they look like they have everything they need, and, and but when you – the more explosive players you can get and, and uh, the more difficult people have a hard time now – uh, playing, you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna add another guy in the box, or I'm gonna put something, do something special up front, and and all of a sudden it's a little harder to do that when you when you have some dynamic people out there, and and we, and we like I said, those are things we just we have to be able to do and, and get back to, and and we're like I said, excited to when we get that opportunity to get him back, and and uh, you know <clears throat> when I look at when I look at Saturday's game, it, it like I said, I hate to just say oh we had Jacob change around. I, I don't know those things. We had some guys open. We had some opportunities to hit some big plays on on Saturday with the guys who were playing, and uh, we didn't hit those. We didn't execute those plays. And and like I said, it, the, the the those pieces that that we had when we had those opportunities, you know, we have to be able to 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 do that. Same thing defensively. I mean, we just you know we set a goal you know at the start of the year that you know we do everything you can to to hold those point point total down to give our offense best best chance to win and when those things aren't happening it's a difficult task and you know and and uh, th- those are the pieces that we have to get better at and and you know we'll talk about eliminating explosive plays we have to get better at that, that that's a that's a huge piece for our defense i take we take a lot of pride in that piece and um you know i and you know, we're gonna do like i said i uh, the the when we played northwestern we knew the quality of football team they're gonna be uh, we know if you, if we're making some mistakes, not not just physical mistakes, but mental mistakes, things of alignment, things of where we're supposed to be at. Those kinds of things were creating more issues for us than than just a physical thing. And that those are things we have to fix and get and, and do better job at. And that and that's what we'll do. So, final question again uh, this week. It's a uh, back to a night game, six o'clock kickoff uh, at Big Cat Stadium in uh, at UMM. What you've seen and what you know of uh, the Cougars. Uh, did you look a little bit last year's film, getting ready for uh, this, and what you know about the Cougars? No, absolutely. You, you mean you know, like I told said last year when we started to prepare for Universe Morris, and, and I know Coach Hoffman and and uh, great guy. He's 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 just starting. You know, he's trying to develop his scheme. He's trying to develop his team, and 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 now they're in the second year of that opportunity. You know, and and those they're going to continue to improve and get better, and um, you know, and that's the process they're in right now. They're still building. You know, we're uh, we, you know, we're, we're playing and we talk about our, you know, we're playing a couple of freshmen, but that's not a standard of where we'd want to be at in our program and the numbers of, of four or five year guys that we want to have. I mean, that's, that's, and that's what he's trying to work to. He's playing with, you know, his next guys or guys in now, or he's playing with a few more freshmen. And those are things I know that they're trying to improve and, and that will improve as they go along. So, uh, like I said, there's some dynamics, uh, with offense with it, with their quarterback. I, I'm extremely impressed with him. Um, you know they're going to spread us out. Uh, it's hard to, you know, like I said, that 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 piece when you when you have a kid that can throw the ball as well as he does and hit him run, it causes you some issues, and, and we'll have to prepare for that and do a great job. And and uh, you know defensively, like Coach like Jalen was saying, you know they're 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 different scheme, they're different things than we've seen before, and and the types of dynamic things that they'll give us. So I know there'll be some challenges for us. We have to go out and play well, and that, that's our focus right now is is improving ourselves and focus on ourselves and, and doing everything we can to be the you know to, to play our best on Saturday that is head coach Dennis McCulloch conversation I had with him and during our coach Mac show on Monday night you're listening to Super Sports Saturday again coming up here in uh, just about nine minutes at the bottom of the hour 1230s we wrap up Super Sports Saturday here on uh, KOBC we've got twins baseball of course UJ football coming up at 1230 
on ESPN Jamestown. But we'll have Twins baseball coming up here on KOVC. Now we're going to stick with the Valley City Volleyball. Now the Highlanders off. They did play one match this week. They took on West Fargo Cheyenne on Tuesday night and dro- dropped the match three sets to nothing. And that was their first loss in the East region. Now 7-4 and four overall and 3-1 and one in the EDC. And I talked with uh, Coach Matty Cruff earlier this week about that game and having a week off and getting ready for Fargo South on Tuesday. Tuesday night at Cheyenne, we'll start off with Coach. Good start. Speaking of starting off, you guys got off to a good start uh, in that one. Uh, good energy, at least to start the game. Yeah, um, that's usually been kind of a hang-up for us, but we'll start really slow. So our, our goal for us last night was to start off strong, and we did that. <laughs> it just uh, kind of happened last night that <laughs> flipped around a little bit. Um, but yeah. But that's that's a good team you're playing. Uh, I mean, West Fargo Shannon is a good good volleyball team. What kind of was the difference? Because the first match, or first set was twenty five twenty. Did they just start finding spots? I mean, what was kind of your thought process as far as what was going on in, in the the in the result? Yeah, I think um, we got a little bit of compl- we were a little complacent, um, and then we were really energetic that first game, and we wanted to come out strong that second game. Um, Cheyenne's a good team, and they were swinging hard, and they were finding holes. And um, they're also a very high-tempo team. And we can be too, but they kind of caught us off guard a little bit. And I think we just got a little frustrated and and uh, definitely a little fire in us, that's for sure. A little bit of a learning moment now for you guys, uh, for, for the for this team? Absolutely. Um, Cheyenne's a, probably a state-quality, you know, state tournament-quality team again. And, and uh, so we know that we can compete, um, but it's just ma- maintaining that competitiveness and that intensity and going for everything. And, and so uh, definitely use this next week to, to get back on that. So. And in this next week, no more matches until next Tuesday. So this is a uh, practice and maybe kind of rest up at least towards the weekend to give the girls a chance to just kind of rejuvenate. Yeah, we got a couple of days of hard practicing, working out and kind of fixing some stuff and then hopefully give them a weekend to rest and catch up on homework and mentally reset and then come back strong. So Fargo South, what do you expect out of Fargo South next Tuesday? Um, I haven't watched a whole lot. I think they got a new coach, um, so we're kind of expecting a little bit of a new program again. Um, but it'll be exciting, and I'm expecting us to come out strong and take it. So. But is this a case where because of what you, – you're just worried about you guys, and you worry about what you see with West, with Fargo South once you get Fargo South. You just want to get the Highlanders back online. Absolutely, yeah. All right, good luck, Coach. Thank you. That is Coach Matty Cruff of the Valley City Highlanders. Again, 7-4 and four overall. They are 3-1. and one. In the EDC Jamestown Volleyball, they were straight set winners last night against Dickinson in WDA Volleyball. Now we're going to talk tennis as the Valley City Highlander tennis team. They had a match on Tuesday. They took on Fargo North. They took on Mandan last night. They did defeat Mandan yesterday here in Valley City. 4-1 was the final to improve to 5-1 overall, 3-1 in the EDC. But on Tuesday night, they lost their first match of the season to Fargo North. And uh, prior to that match, I talked with head coach Matt Nielsen of the Highliner tennis team. Coach, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Paul. Well, I appreciate you joining us again. Uh, coming off another good week for uh, Highliner tennis. Uh, last week, two matches, two more wins for the Highliner boys. Yep, we uh, went to Jamestown in a non-conference matchup and had a had a lot of fun there. We tried tried a different lineup and uh, really really saw how big the mental game plays in it uh, plays in it there that our our team's getting mentally stronger, and you can you can just see it on the tennis court. And then on Thursday, uh, West Fargo came to us, and we clipped them seven to two. Uh, our doubles play was fabulous. That uh, Austin Rogelstead at number one doubles 
was very aggressive, probably the best match I've ever seen him play and helped helped in the win there. And then at two doubles, we were down 5-2 in the first set, and they came back to win that set 7-5 and closed that match off. And in singles, we were, we were solid all the way through. And, yep, we're, we're off to a 4-0 start, which is pretty exciting. When you look at the, these guys and we look at your team, too, uh, you talk about a team. You need everybody to play well if you're going to be successful uh, in a match because from doubles to singles, uh, everybody needs to play as well as they possibly can, and that really makes it for a big a big team effort. And it, it is a team effort. It's uh, There's nine matches. It's six singles and three doubles, and it doesn't matter if you're one singles or six singles. Each one of those is worth one point. It doesn't matter if you're one doubles or three doubles. It's one point each, so everybody matters all the way through the lineup. So, yes, we all have to work together and practice to help get each other better because if we're going to win as a team, it's going to be because one through seven, we're solid all the way through. So, yeah, the team team aspect is, uh, is a big part of it. And uh, uh, we just yesterday did a little team bonding. We went to the VCSU Student Center, and we watched uh, the U.S. Open final together as a team, and they played some ping pong, and we had some pizza. So we got to hang out as a uh, not not as just playing tennis, but uh, on, a, on a more social aspect of it. And the uh, our leaders came and talked to me and Coach Kringley, and uh, we talked a lot of double strategy and lineup things. So I mean, their their minds are working on, hey, what can we do to be the best team possible? So it's just not a it's just not the coaches pushing. I mean, all the kids are pushing too, and they want to see what can happen this year. You gotta as a coach. Uh, coaching staff really appreciate that because they're not re- relying on a four and start and three and the conference relying on their laurels they still know they can get better oh yeah we can we can be a lot better than what we are right now and uh this week is going to be a true measuring stick of where we are uh we play west uh, fargo north at home on tuesday we lost to them last year seven to two we play fargo davies on thursday we lost to them last year nine oh so I mean, if we really want to see where we are in the East, this week's going to be that measuring stick of hey, we have to have underdog mentality, go out and play, and we'll see where the chips fall. But it's going to be it's going to really show us hey, where 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 are we, and what do we need to get better at going into the uh, postseason? And Tuesday are they one home, one away? Yep. So Tuesday will be our home match at 4 p.m. Uh, up at the North Courts, and then on Thursday we'll be against Fargo Davies, and that's right at their high school. All right. Well, coach, congratulations on the. Good start so far, but we're only at the quarter point of the. Uh, if we were racing, we're at the quarter mile mark. We still got a lot of tennis yet to play. Yep, we have a lot of tennis left to play, and uh, you can't judge your, you can't judge yourself based on wins and losses. You got to judge yourself: Are you giving your best effort all the time, and are we improving all the time? Because uh, the kids, the kids have said we want to give ourselves the opportunity at the end to do something special. So it's not about the wins and losses right now. It's about getting better and working hard all the time. All right, coach. Congratulations. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, Paul. Appreciate you- it. That is Coach Matt Nielsen from the Highlander tennis team. And, again, they lost that match 6-3 to three against Fargo North. But two of the uh, singles matches went to a tie break in the third set. You go either way, and uh, the Highlanders may have a 5-4 win against Fargo North. The Davies match on Thursday was postponed due to rain. That will now be on September 23rd, Monday, September 23rd. They'll take on Davies. And Friday, they did defeat Mandan 4-1 to one on Friday. So the Highlanders again now 5-1 and one overall, and they are 3-1. and one in the EDC. Well, that's going to wrap things up here on Super Sports Saturday. Again, University of Jamestown, Jimmy Football coming up here at the bottom of the hour on ESPN Jamestown and Twins Baseball coming up here at the bottom of the hour of 12.30 here on KOVC. Join us again next week for another edition of Super Sports Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your day. And again, coming up tonight, it is Valley City State taking on University of Minnesota Morris 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock kickoff here 
from Big Cat Stadium. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tonight for Morris. That'll do it for this edition of Super Sports Saturday. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you.